everybody listening is like just wrapping up college or like somewhere in the college journey. And so I imagine so many of you are thinking, well, I can't negotiate my salary. I'm not worth it. Or I can't do this or I, or so many limitations. Know that you legit right now have the superpower to success in being so reliant on your intuition. Like that is just a force that no one can compete with you with. You are now listening to the Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts Fuad and Damien. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Next Iteration Podcast. Today's guest is Esprit, the girl who gets it done. She's the host of the Women in Tech Podcast, founder of We Are LA Tech, a well-known speaker, and recently recognized as one of the faces of the Clubhouse app. So we're very excited to have her on today to talk about her experience in the entrepreneurship and media space, podcasting, and her life journey in general. So welcome, Esprit, and thank hey! you for being on. I'm so excited to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I want to say we are more excited because I truly believe <laughs> that in my heart, but you bring so much energy and I love it. So usually oh, yeah. we would start the uh, the show yeah. and I would just throw in like a quick disarming opening question, something yeah. like that, right? But I mean, you mentioned that you had a lesson that you really wanted to kick us off with. So I'm very interested in hearing what that lesson is. Yeah, So so I don't think this would be at the front of your mind when you're first like starting off in your career, but I think it would be so powerful to know that this will accelerate you like years ahead. And that's, I've been a community, a community builder for the entirety of my career. And what happens on the flip side, because you're probably like really excited when I say you, I mean, everybody listening, you're probably like really excited about everything that you're creating right now, because that's the best. Like when right at the beginning of your career, when you're super naive, that's actually when you're the most powerful, like that's your secret power. You think that you don't know anything and everyone else knows more, but you don't know that you're so reliant on your intuition that you actually have more power than the people who have studied the books and had the experience so right because you don't know that you go you go about your your career you're creating you're creating you're creating and what sometimes happens on the flip side especially in the community builder um, world is you become very just like you don't pay enough attention to um, making sure your company's profitable you don't pay enough attention to negotiations you think these things like I'm not good enough, I can't possibly get that salary because I don't have the experience. And you think everything's about experience rather than raw talent and really like about execution. You think I can't raise that money. You think I should build a company that is just venture backed and doesn't even make money because that's what's so cool in the tech world. And what I discovered, like what I thought about today, I just had what I call, and I'm just gonna be really, really honest. I once a month, I have this thing called community calls. And the reason why I only do them once a month, and sometimes they're not even every month anymore, is because I'm worn out and I'm tired because I spent the majority of my career serving community in such an abundant way and never, ever, ever receiving something back, never asking for anything, never expecting something back. But then what happened on the flip side is now I'm really like worn out and tired. And I kind of, I'm just calling myself out, have a little bit of like, like a resentful energy. Like I get on calls and I'm like, what do you want from me? Mm. Because usually it's just, that's what it is. Everybody wants something. And so I just had this call with a founder like an hour ago, this community call, which I really didn't even want to have, but it's kind of like habit. It's like, I feel bad, but at the same time, I just want to take care of me at this point. And so I'm on this call with this like poor founder <laughs> who's already like set up for me to be like, what do you want from me? You know. And he's talking to me and then I realize, you know, Esprit, I don't have to think of it like, like he's trying to take, he can ask for whatever he asks, but if I have set boundaries of what works for me, if I'm like, oh, I totally would love to help you. Here's how I work. You can hire me as a consultant. I have this particular program. You could buy my thing here. If I had set boundaries of how I work, I don't have to enter into a conversation of like kind of like this exhausted, depleted place. I could enter the conversation as like, oh, I'm just going to like let him know what exists, right? Or let her know what exists. And so what I think is really important about that is like that abundance mindset and creating boundaries for ourselves and like going in and and this is the lesson that I'm like, I'm gonna do this new thing moving forward where instead of 
being like, ah, here's another person that wants to take from me. I'm going to be like, I'm going to assume everyone wants to pay me. When I get on the phone, I'm just going to assume they want to pay me. Why wouldn't they value me and want to pay me? And so then I'll just let them know what options exist to pay me. And it's just as simple as that, rather than just being like, I already know this person doesn't want to pay me. I already know they don't value me. Why am I even on this call? I feel like lessened. I don't know if I communicated that well, because I literally just thought of it today, but I hope that helps a little bit. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. It reminds yeah. me of the abundance mentality. I don't know if you've, if you've thought of it. It's what's, what's that word that we used to use, Damien? Pranoia. It's oh, when you pranoia. think. Oh, every- pranoia. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. So that everything's happening in your favor um, exactly. for, to, for the better. Yeah. The opposite yeah. of paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically encapsulating pranoia, but in like, you know, the, the space that you're working. It's in, true. Really I love cool. that you brought that up. I talk about pranoia all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yes. I was not being in a state i was being in a state of a state of paranoia not you're so right yeah that's a perfect word but i think the reason why i wanted to emphasize that is because like everybody listening is like you know either like just wrapping up college or like somewhere in the college journey and so i imagine so many of you are thinking well i can't negotiate my salary i'm not worth it or i can't do this or i or so many limitations know Mm. that you legit right now have the superpower to success in being so reliant on your intuition like Mm -hmm. that is just a force that no one can compete with you with yeah and just Mm -hmm. to like build on that that I mean, a lot of people fall into that experience trap, right? And that's that experience trap is where that, okay, well, this is just always how we've done it. Mindset comes Mm -hmm. from, and that's just an easy path to stagnation. So, you know, you're coming through, all our new grads are coming through into the workplace. We have all of these questions. We see a process that like we, at first glance, it looks maybe inefficient. And to ourselves, we're thinking, okay, why the hell are we doing it like this? but yeah. you're scared to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. But those questions could be what unlocks that that next iteration yeah. of that process or like of the company, whatever it may be. And yeah, I think that's such a beautiful thing. And even totally. with what you're saying with people, you know, maybe trying to take advantage of your experience in that way, I think setting boundaries and in communicating that to the other person allows them to respect you more for it as well, right? Because they, they see that you recognize your own self-worth and that you're not willing to bend over backwards for every random person that comes by, right? 100%. You have the value to provide, but you have to, there has to be that mutual respect first and foremost. Know that when someone has a company or everybody's looking for an end result. So imagine like if someone is looking to sell their 15 widgets or something, do you think they actually care? if you had 15 years of experience or if you were just coming out of college? No, they they want the person that can successfully sell their 15 widgets. So if you're creative enough and you're a natural designer or you're a natural engineer and you know how to build like a system that's just amazing for automation or create artwork that is just so engaging, people can't help but comment with uh, comment with it like like that is what matters not how many years and how many books you've read what happens when you read all the books and get so experienced you actually forget how to be more relatable it becomes harder to connect with a customer because you're trying so hard to like be smart (laughs) that you actually do the opposite and you like you're too smart for anybody to really understand quickly and read and understand really fast Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to dive deep into this because I yeah. think this whole like question of intuition, I've been like struggling to find my intuition recently. So I want to understand like what's one instance in which like you chose intuition over experience or over what seemed like the logical decision and how did that play out for you? Yeah, I mean, there's so many experiences like that. Well, the first thing I want to share is you said that you're struggling to find your intuition. So I feel like mm-hmm. there's probably so many people out there like you struggling to like understand what intuition is. I think it's a combination. I think it's intuition and I also think it's raw talent. Just don't undervalue your raw abilities. We're all given raw abilities somewhere and it's about discovering what your natural raw ability is. So just because you don't have the experience in your raw ability does not mean you're not really talented where you surpass someone that has a ton of experience. Um, And also just one more thing that that doesn't mean you shouldn't like be open to conversation and learning. That doesn't mean I'm always learning. I'm just saying, don't, don't deprive yourself of like valuing yourself. Okay. So intuition, I feel like it's a jackpot. I feel like it's, it's like, um, 
I feel like energetically, you feel like triple sevens in your body. I'm like, oh, like sometimes I hear this voice in the back of my head and it's like always there, but sometimes it's so faint that I'm not paying attention. And I'm like trying so hard to find the answer, find the answer, find the answer. But like in the back of my head, I already know the answer. I just don't wanna listen to it. I feel like that's the intuition speaking. And the more stubborn we are, the more faint the voice is because we don't wanna hear it. And so, um, and there's also like, I don't know, this is a little mystical, but like I was just talking to someone who I said, you really should write a book. She's like, you're the 10th person in the last couple of weeks to have told me that. I'm like, well then, it's the universe telling you that, you know, so pay attention to these signs of, of this world of your body and, and pay, like give less clout to like people's like hair colors. You know, I used to, I remember when I first started, I, I used to joke around, I was trying to find a really smart, like gray haired guy to like, make sure I was successful. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, don't worry about that. Like really think about what are my raw talents? How do I wow people in working with them? How can I be the absolute professional and, and really show someone I care and over deliver? Am I being authentic with myself? And what that means, am I setting boundaries that work with me? So like I said, this last phone call, I didn't. I, I sort of set a boundary having a 15-minute community call once a month. It was like a step in the right direction. But then I got on a call I didn't really want to get on because I came from the state of mind of like, ah, here's just another person wanting to take from me. So how does that set up the conversation for me or the other person in a successful manner? It's like doomed from the beginning. So instead, approach every situation of how can I make this a win-win situation for both of us? Ask yourself that question. And this like asking yourselves these questions will start to shift the actions that you take and it will create really, really rewarding relationships and business opportunities. Yeah, there's, I mean, the mindset thing is huge, right? I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the idea of automatic negative thoughts, right? Um, I, I think I get that from uh, a book called The Magic of Thinking Big, but we all, mm. so like the author calls these ants, automatic negative thoughts. And these are little formative building blocks in our mindset. And it's these negative thoughts that creep in every, like ever so subtly that we never even notice that it happens. And it forms this negative outlook on the, on just whatever is coming your way. So even for example, something you really enjoy doing, like, let's say, for example, you're a podcaster, yeah. you could be, you could have been doing this for like a year or two, or maybe you're even just starting out. And even though you really enjoy it, you're really good at it. You keep thinking to yourself, oh, I'll never be as big as Joe Rogan, though. I'll never be as big yeah. as Tim Ferriss. But why not? You know, like, it's important to disrupt those negative thought processes. And it's as easy as just reframing it in the opposite way, right? So like, what can I do to become Joe, Joe Rogan? The next 100%. Right? And it's as easy as that, because it starts with the the uh like the daring or what's the word i'm looking for i guess you got to be for lack of a better word foolish enough to try in order to prove yourself right i i completely i completely 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 agree with you um someone was sharing with me this idea i had an accountability buddy for exercise mm -hmm. and i wasn't doing my exercise and i i shared with her man i just i feel so bad that i keep letting you down and she's like I've let it go. I really wish you would let it go because by you focusing on feeling so bad, it's sending you down like a negative thought spiral. And then you're just going to continue not to work out because it's not the right energy. Instead, she's like, I suggest you shift your focus to gratitude and like, and just ask yourself, what can you do and show up in the small ways? Mm -hmm. Because the more you place energy and attention on this negativity, the more it just kind of compounds and creates more negativity. And then I'll just continue to like let her down and not show up as a strong accountability buddy. And so I loved that that I was like oh yeah that's a really good point that is probably what's happening because every single day all day long I'm like I can't believe I let her down again oh my gosh did I? and so it's probably just creating this energetic pattern of like now I have to overcome this like mountain hill of like negativity and negative thinking in order to get to the positive side it's a lot harder than if I just like hacked it and went straight to like you know love <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know like what I love about gratitude is 
it's the absolute cheapest form of therapy and it's something you can mm-hmm. easily practice every day all you need is a piece of paper not even a piece of paper you can do it in your iphone notes app like yeah it's insane or even just you know enunciating it just out loud you know you wake up lift your head off of that pillow all bleary eyed and just you know here's three things i'm grateful for today and just speak it out into the universe yeah um and plus like that's the that's that seed that all unlocks all other virtues so that's something we mentioned before as well so it starts with gratitude um i oh sorry go ahead oh, oh no no oh no i, I was gonna jump that. in the next question but if you have a thought on that please yeah i interviewed someone yesterday she's an executive at fresh books for my women in tech podcast and she said something really cool at the end and so i thought i'd share because it's so relevant she said i don't believe in five-year plans she said instead of think she's like how could we possibly know where we're going to be in five years like so many different things happen opportunities happen Mm -hmm. things change so instead i like to ask myself if it were five years ahead and i'm looking back do how do I feel about the story I'm telling? Mm. Like, do I like the story being told and like live the life of the story you want to tell? That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. I've actually talked about this a lot on the podcast because I used to make like five, 10 year plans. So I used to be like super type A. Like I I went into high school and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do after college. Like 10 (laughs) years later, this is when I'm going to get married. This is when I'm going to have my first kid. And obviously none of that worked out. Like I'll be honest, in more ways than one, none of, none of that worked out. Past the um, deadline? <laughs> way past the deadline. I don't have a wife yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think like a big thing that I started doing is like, instead of making a five-year plan, 10-year plan, whatever it is, ask yourself like, am I excited about what I'm doing right now? And I'm, am I making the most of the opportunities I have right now? And if the answer to both of those is yes, in five years, you're going to be blessed, you know, like it's, it's going to be great yeah. regardless. Right. Cause you've been consistently making the right decision for yourself, but yeah, <laughs> super, super agree. Like the exact same thing. Yeah. If I'm, I'm so curious what your pattern interrupt question was going to be like the first question I'm dying to oh, know. Oh, he's about to ask it. He's about to ask it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so let me, uh, set a little context for the question, I suppose, and then okay. I'm going to jump into it. So you are the girl that gets it done. And, you know, dare I say you've done a lot. Yeah, big ups. (laughs) But not only that, you've also helped so many other people get things done as well by helping them realize their potential through all of these other, like the podcast, through the clubhouse sessions. I don't know if you're doing Twitter spaces, but you're active on Twitter a lot. If a progress or experience bar just randomly popped over your head one day and on the far right side, so 100% representing that you've reached your final form or like the best version of yourself. What number do you think that progress bar would read right now? Mm, I love that question. Never been asked that before. I mean, okay, first of all, I'm pretty hard on myself. So my gut answer that I wanted to say was four. Four percent? Which is low. Oh, four oh, percent. I thought it was like one out of ten. Or it can be one out of ten. <laughs> I was like thinking of like zero to hundred percent, but yeah. Okay, so so here's how I'll answer that. So I think what success is is being in a state of inner calm and um And just like enjoying the experience uh, inside our own body as often as possible. So things like burnout, being worn out, um, having neck like (laughs) things or back things, or I think these are all indicators that, that I'm not, I mean, I don't have that, thankfully that's, but like anything that's like that, I think are indicators. So right now what I'm experiencing is like, I, I, and I shared this with you off the record is I'm like, trying to navigate away from burnout. Like I'm really dancing close again, right? Mm -hmm. I think when I get to the optimum state of being, I'm going to enjoy the experience in my body a lot more consistently. I'll be a lot more consistent with healthy habits like eating clean, um, fitness. They won't be something that I'm going to try to do. It will be something that I just do. So I think the the things, so I built the first action sports social network. I, I've built now two successful podcasts, stuff like that. And out of all my professional accolades, the thing in my life that I'm most proud of, I'd say is my backpacking. I've backpacked to over a hundred countries around the world. And, and half of that was, you know, interviewing women in tech, um, in all these countries. And then before that, I was a journalist for in general. Right. So like 
that I look back at my life and all this work stuff that I've done, you know, especially I've looked back with the pandemic and that is what I'm like that, like that's not even something I was like trying to do or aspiring to do, or it wasn't like a goal. I just was living and that trips me up. I'm like, man. And so most of my days right now, like as in legit today that we're talking and yesterday and tomorrow are me having this weird love affair with my computer, you know, where I'm just like working, 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 working. But like knowing that when I'm reflecting on the story I'm telling of the past five years, that it has nothing to do with the computer, that's very confusing. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes me say I'm a four, because why am I still prioritizing my computer? Even if I have like segments of my life, maybe a few months out of the year where I'm not, and I'm like super in my meditation mode and going to the beach, but that I keep reverting back to this like workaholic habit, like tells me that I have a lot of work ahead of me before I can truly enjoy the experience of my life. Mm -hmm. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Makes a lot of sense. I love how you're, you're listening to your body. I think that's something I didn't realize until after I got burnt out. So um, I recently just finished the term where I was like super burnt out. I was working like 14, 15 hours a day, like not listening to my body whatsoever. And it, like, now that I've stopped, it was painfully evident how many hints my body was giving me. Like I wear a smartwatch, like my resting heart rate went up. My sleep quality was lower. Like so many different metrics that your body will tell you if you're not enjoying something, right. You shouldn't have to feel like this much effort to do something. Right. Um, so I really love mm-hmm. that you, that you listen to your body and like, you actually, you, you know, you value the signals you're getting from it. Um, so my next question is, I guess, this is something you're still actively doing, but how do you recognize the signs of burnout and avoid that burnout? Like what, what do you personally do to like reconnect? You mentioned the beach, the meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So I had this, um, horrible and also awesome life experience. Um, a few years ago, like I had overworked myself so much that I couldn't walk. I, I like, like I was in severe pain and I I got bronchitis and I couldn't walk on the same day. I mean, it was just so obvious that my body's like, okay, you're not going to take care of yourself. We're just going to shut you down. (laughs) And so for five months I had severe pain. Like I could, I could physically walk, but it was, um, like excruciating pain. Mm -hmm. Like, like I couldn't sit in a car, like, you know, like, I mean, I'm talking about like, you Mm -hmm. don't want to have this level of pain. Mm -hmm. And luckily I didn't know if I'd ever be okay again and luckily I was and I felt like immediately when it happened I'm like this is happening because I don't make space I don't make space in my mind I don't make space in my body like I need to make space I just it was this I just knew it in my gut that this was about space so I proactively like for that five months I was like how do I make space everywhere (laughs) you know and I never want to go back there again like it was so awful that anytime I start to get to this like kind of burning out thing or, or, and I don't even like that I'm this close right now. I am like universe. I hear you. I will stop everything. Please don't hurt me. (laughs) Like, I don't want to experience that again. (laughs) Like I promise you. And so I had, um, this week. So, uh, I, so I had eight podcast interviews in the last two days. Um, and this was Wednesday and I have this amazing girlfriend, Cam Kashani, um, who is now this, she's just phenomenal. She's a business leader and she guides women how to be our best selves. And she's one of my best friends. I've known her since she was in tech and all this stuff. Right. And, um, she's like, Ispri, you really need a vacation. And you guys, I responded, no, like I was like, my resistance level was so high. But because she said that, it just kind of like stayed with me. Maybe she said that on Tuesday or something, Tuesday night, and stayed with me. And Wednesday, I was really resistant. I was really resistant. I'm like, Esprit, one, is everybody in your calendar? Are they paying you? And and are you giving to them? Or are they giving to you? Like, you know? And I just kind of did this evaluation. Like, are they worth your health? Like, mm-hmm. you know? So this particular interview for reasons that you guys know was really important to me so i canceled all eight interviews except and then i did not cancel this one like so yeah yeah i mean you guys know why but no you deserve it but like and i'm fine i was so when i looked at friday i i saw like this was on wednesday i saw all these interviews and then i saw 
you guys later in the afternoon. And I'm like, no, that's not fair to them. I want to give them my all. And if I do this whole day, I'm gonna show up exhausted and burnt out. And that's not what I want for them. This is a relationship I do want. This is a place I do want to give. Mm -hmm. So I just canceled everything else, you know, and it was really hard. I, I should say rescheduled. It was really hard, like really, really hard to reschedule like all those things and a couple other things. And I don't even think I rescheduled enough. Like I, there were a couple other, you know, I still had some stuff on my calendar yesterday. You know, I didn't like, I still had that community call today. Right. I could have technically rescheduled that too, but I'm like, ah, it's 15 minutes. I can make it through, but look how I showed up in that 15 minutes. Mm. Like, like, rah, like, you know? And so like, I just have all these indicators in place right now of kind of like danger zones and I refuse to go into the danger zone. So even if I'm throwing a fit and I'm being really stubborn, I'll challenge myself because I never want to experience that physical pain again. And I think that the body does that to serve us. Like we experience pain as like communication that we have something wrong, like a mayday system. And so if we take care of our bodies, our bodies will take care of us. I, I at least that's the belief system I live by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I should say body and mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, like, I, I love that you shared that story of you kind of flying a little too close to the sun there. And I think it's so important that as bad as it sounds that everybody has that kind of similar experience or it's some like rock bottom experience right and a lot of us have had that sort of experience already but it is such a potent and this resounding reminder whenever we start getting close to that point we remember what that experience was like and we know how badly we don't want to be there again and mm -hmm. it it rekindles a fire or like reframes your mindset or your POV such that you can start to pick back up again, right? You know what kind of steps you need to, to uh, get back on the right track because you've overcome that once already. So it's just a matter of being true to yourself. And again, like you never want to sacrifice your health. At the end of the day, we have one life never. to live. If you're living to a point where you're burning like the next 10, 20 years of your life, and shaving that off just to, you know, grind just a little bit harder in your 20s where you're supposed to, you know, the, the society and the universe tells you you're supposed to be making the most of these times, right? You're supposed to do the reckless and dumb and grungy things, living with friends, eating instant ramen, you know, oh, like yeah. not exactly the healthiest <laughs> things to the body, but you know what I mean? Like these are supposed to be fun times where we're supposed to figure out who we are, what we are, what our values are. And you know, burnout is not the way to, to that answer. No. If you're burning out, and, you're, you're on the wrong track. And I actually think it's okay to grind. I think the problem is when we, um, grind out of angst, we're not having fun anymore. Or FOMO. Like, or yeah, or FOMO, like, because do I love creating with technology a hundred percent, but like, if I'm like, uh, being severely unhealthy in that process, then, and I'm not having fun, then why am I doing it? But if I'm like coming at it from a place of like vibrant creativity and I just have, feel the energy and great, like grind away. I, I mean, that's how I built my sports company. You know, I mean, I also overworked then too, but you know, but uh, I mean, that's where I learned this, like what burnout is. Right. You had that purpose <laughs> but, um, while you were doing yeah. that too, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I didn't really understand burnout until after my sports mm. company. I mean, I was in burnout, but I didn't. I mean, these are all the lessons I learned at the time. Mm. But I actually think it's fine to grind just as long as we're having fun. And I think we forget to have fun. I, a perfect example of this, in, especially in today with like TikTok and Instagram and likes and all this stuff, like we put so much value into like follower accounts and engagement. And we're always comparing ourselves to other people and the apps, unfortunately, know this and they are set us up to fail. It really sucks. And we're following into falling into the machine of the apps. And what we really need to consciously remember is that we don't know how people are experiencing life inside their body. And the most successful person is not actually the person with the largest bank account. It's not the person that has the most cars or, you know, whatever may look good on an Instagram post. Mm -hmm. 
it's the person who is in has the most joy inside their body has the most peace inside their body has the most purpose inside their body and you can't see that on a post and so to compare ourselves to vanity is is just doom like what we want to aspire for is to really be living a vibrant life that we feel is really true to ourselves mm -hmm. those extrinsic versus intrinsic uh, mm -hmm. mo motivations right and I just want to say too, like, because you mentioned it's okay to grind when you're having fun. I think that's why it's really helpful to have a co-founder like riding mm -hmm. by your side. So like, thank God I have Fwad here with me because yeah. honestly, some of those nights are just, you know, like up late, like editing or whatever it may be. It's just so reassuring just knowing that you have somebody else there just to help you out in case things get just a little too rough or something you can just lean on. But that's that secret sauce, right? Is to find the thing that feels like play to you but looks like work to others that's yes spot, right totally and at any moment anything could disappear um i was watching a youtube video earlier today um of this guy who was a very very successful wedding photographer and at the pandemic obviously he lost a hundred percent of his gigs right mm -hmm. like as did all wedding photographers and so he went from making like over a hundred thousand dollars a year to making zero dollars and then he was really sad and depressed for a few months and then after a few months he um decided to do this uh TikTok challenge to make a million dollars in one year. And he just started experimenting with a ton of like side hustles and projects. He didn't get to the million, but he got to more than he used to make as a wedding photographer. He got uh -huh. to like 140,000 um, at a time where he was most desperate. So understand that like any reality we want is literally just a, a series of choices away within our own control. Like mm -hmm. we invent our own realities. It may seem like we don't, but in actuality, like our realities develop with each choice that we make. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So that actually reminded me of a question I wanted to ask you. So I didn't know you were so into backpacking and traveling and a reality that I've been wanting to create for myself is to become well-traveled. So um, I didn't travel a lot as a kid. My family didn't take a lot of vacations. Uh, and then COVID happened when I finally, you know, started my job and finally had enough money to travel and stuff. Although, you know, you don't need a lot of money to travel if you're doing it the right way. So I want to dive deep into that experience because I think that's just yeah. amazing. Like you've been to so many places. You've talked to so many women in tech, like all across the world. What made you want to do backpacking and how has like backpacking changed how you approach life? Oh my gosh. Well, first, I love the last question. How has backpacking changed how I approach life? Because when you're backpacking, you'll talk to anyone and just be open. And, and it's like, you'll talk to the random stranger and go on a hike. And I remember one time I was getting off a train and I asked this random passerby on the train in, in I think it was in France, um, like what's his favorite city? And he told me his favorite city in France. And I took a few hour train ride to his favorite city and ended up staying there. You know, like it's just everything's possible when you're backpacking. And for some reason, when you're at home, everything feels like there's so many rules. Like this is the time I need to wake up. This is where I need to go. This is what I need to do day to day. This is how I need to show up. Um, if there's people sitting at the park, I can't talk to them. I don't know them, you know? So there's just all these like, roadblocks and like totally, rules yeah. but when you're backpacking there's no rules so that's my favorite that's my favorite favorite um thing that um i do my best to apply whenever i catch myself that i'm putting those rules i'm like wait 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 like if i were backpacking would that rule exist <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a great approach to take and then yeah. The other thing is time. I'm able to go to multiple countries within 24 hours. And so I'm really conscious of time and how much you can do in so little time. So you know when sometimes people say like, it's the end of the month and there's no time left. I'm like, yo, if I have 24 hours, I could change the world in 24 hours, you know? So it gives you a better perspective on time. Mm. Um, and then and then you asked, what was the first uh, thing the you first asked? Thing I asked was like, I answered the did, second part like, of Like, why did you decide to start backpacking? What got you into it? Oh, that I think that was just my family, sort of. Like, my, my parents really, like, encouraged travel. And then I moved to Paris by myself when I was uh, 15. Um, no way. I just saw, yeah, I just saw a picture. And I don't understand how my parents let me go because now i'm like that's insane <laughs> but it was so normal to, my parents are a little bit strange and i'm glad they were strange in that way yeah, um i just like figured it out i was like i saw a picture and then i started reading about travel programs and you know like it was one of those things 
But so I always had this flair for traveling, but backpacking is different than traveling. So backpacking is like when you, well, to me, it's when you stay at hostels and it's super low budget and you just literally have a backpack. And so I went from someone who would have a ton of suitcases because I had to, I grew up in LA, I had to have all my LA things, used to wear makeup and have fashion choices or whatever. And then um, I met this, I used to work as a hostess at this restaurant and uh, I met the other hostess and she was from Argentina and she she had said to meet up with her where were we in Spain or something I think it was in Spain to meet up with her and I came with all my suitcases and she's like what are you what are you doing and I couldn't bring all my suitcases like up the stairs to the hostel so that was the first time I discovered hostels and that's when I really changed myself to go from all those suitcases to backpack. And now I can't stand having, I just want my backpack because I just want to be able to run and jump. Mm. And I don't know, just, just my backpack. Yeah, yeah. just book it. Awesome. <laughs> I, I still people yeah. are the best people. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I actually just brought my, just bought a new backpack in Osprey. So I'm like really excited to test it out. I'm going to be going to Amsterdam in November and I'm, I'm really excited for it. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to oh, sing some so cool. Yeah. Do you have any tips for I first time I want to see more of that. Um, so I, I particularly like to travel without a plan. So mm -hmm. I don't plan anything, including I don't plan where I'm going to stay like the when I went to Malaysia, I remember it was 2am when I landed in the airport and I didn't realize it would be 2am or later. And um, I was like, Oh, man, this is not a good situation. And I heard someone two seats in front of me, um, talk about like where they were going. And I was like, Hey, do you mind if I jump in the Uber with you? So I'm safe and I could wait in the lobby of the hotel and figure out like, what is my life? <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, sure. So I did that. And then literally in the lobby of the hotel is like on Airbnb. It was that's a whole nother story. But I, I like traveling without a plan. I like leaving it to like one of my backpacking trips. I was at a hostel and these two girls were checking out. I was like, what were your favorite places in Europe? And they gave me the list of their favorite places. And I just went to all their places. Like, I just mm -hmm. I'm like, I just adventure, like, like this world is like an adventure mm -hmm. and I, yeah, no plan, just adventure. Just I, I, yeah. yeah, I think fantasies, like fantasies can't be planned. Like this is, this is like a, another story which may not appeal to a lot of people, but I just like weddings really confuse me <laughs> because like people spend a year trying to have a perfect day or something like super stressed out over it. I'm like, yeah, but you can't guarantee it's going to be like a perfect day. You know? So yeah. I just don't think fantasies can be planned. No, I absolutely mm -hmm. agree. I, weddings confuse the shit out of me. Like people are engaged for two years planning their wedding sometimes. It makes no sense yeah. to me. But. And the absolute <laughs> size of them. How do you even know that many people? It's so confusing me. But how uh, how good is your haggling? Oh, haggling like at the, at the markets yeah, and yeah. stuff? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Probably I probably ask sometimes. I'm sure I'm sure I ask or I walk away or something. I, I don't think I'm any expert haggler, right. but I'm, I definitely ask. Because <laughs> that's something that's so different in terms of culture over there, like in the East versus here in the West, because like here you hop in a shop, whatever you see, that's what you get. But over there, everyone's yeah. just, you know, bartering their lives away until they get whatever they want to get for the absolute cheapest price. Totally. Maybe I am an okay haggler. I, you know, I can't remember right now, but uh, that's a funny question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's true. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about podcasting a bit. Yeah. Right. And maybe, okay. So I want to, I want to get some advice from you, but I want to get some advice from you from, for a friend that we'll call Fernando. Right. So like, yeah. I have this friend, Fernando and we all, up, Fernando? <laughs> we all, we all have like a Fernando in our lives. Right. For sure. Fernando wants to start creating content publicly but he is just paralyzed by this fear of judgment that everybody's gonna start enforcing on him you know he's thinking nobody cares about what I have to say like that's the narrative and he also has no idea really where to start because of that so if you were trapped in his head with no way to get out until he started on this dream what advice would you start feeding him well I heard I'm not religious but I 
I was once listening to a pastor because I'm a curious person. I like to be exposed to things. And this pastor said something that really stuck with me. So I've been a speaker for a really long time, but even though I've been a speaker for a long time, I feel really sick every time I'm about to speak. I, I get so oh, nervous right. because I'm actually an introvert. So like, it's really uncomfortable and I have to like get into a zone. People say I have like a, a Sasha fierce, like Beyonce. <laughs> And I heard, and I, I've considered not speaking anymore because, and it, obviously not on a, on a Zoom, that's a lot different, maybe sometimes, but really I mean on stage, right? That's a thing. Mm -hmm. So this pastor said that the, uni I'm gonna say the universe, the universe gives us talents, like a super, something special. And if we don't share that thing that we've been gifted with others to, to serve the community, essentially to serve humanity, um, like, who are we not to share? How, who are we to be so selfish to not share our gifts that we've been blessed to have, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So I would tell Fernando that you've been given this talent, this gift, and like, maybe you have like a limiting belief about your gift. But the fact is, when you draw your art, people are mes mesmerized by your art. Like, that's just a fact. So whether you want to believe you're a good artist or not, the fact is how people experience your art is like, it really inspires them. It really moves them. You keep getting compliments on it. So the reality is you have a really amazing gift as an artist. So who are you to not share your art with the world? Like that's, it's, you're being selfish then. Yeah. And you're not really being grateful for the gift you've been given. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a really beautiful you, thought. Have you heard Neil Gaiman's commencement address? If you know who Neil Gaiman is? Uh, yeah, I have, but I don't remember it, but he's amazing. Yeah. Cause it like, I'm hearing so much of what he's saying and what you're saying and his whole stick with that commencement address is make good art, right? Like, and mm. we it, like, and that art is that beautiful transcendental thing that regardless of what walk of life you come from, everyone can recognize and appreciate a beautiful piece of art. And it starts mm. from, and I, I think the, the beautiful thing about art there is that it starts from imperfection and we are all imperfect beings. And so within that imperfection, there are commonalities. There's this inherent empathy that we can all share with that. So, which is why we need more of that because we can feel so isolated in the, like the rough times that we're having. And we can feel like, oh man, like I'm the only person in the world that's going through this right now. And it's not until somebody else maybe like puts it into words they speak it in a certain way or paint it in a visual way or in a song or whatever it may be that you start to really elucidate, elucidate that for yourself as well, right? Because otherwise it could be this haze of, I don't really know what's wrong, but you know, I heard this and now I can start to really put the puzzle together. Yeah. And, and to remember that um, even Mr. Beast, the super successful YouTuber with like 50 million plus subscribers, it took him 10 years. Like, I think the secret sauce to success is actually consistency, that we're all not going to be perfect in the beginning. Mr. Beast wasn't popular for the majority of his career. And so um, showing up to being consistent, sharing your passions and, and your talent, and um, and will you get people naysayers and people who want to like say something bad or put you down. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. We're in the internet, that kind of stuff happens. Hopefully it won't happen as much, but like um, Arlen Hamilton, this amazing investor, <laughs> she said something so funny on my podcast. She's like, trolls need jobs too. Who am I to like take away their job of being a troll? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and honestly, when someone's saying something hateful, they probably just like hate something within themselves. And that's how, like, what's that saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. The haters, the haters are going to hate. That's my favorite saying. <laughs> <laughs> but are you, but are you going to keep yourself small because other people hate themselves? Why? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you want to keep yourself small because other people hate themselves? Why would you want to keep yourself small when you know you could show up consistently to something that you love and show up because you love it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, really, really oh, good. I, I, I have actually mentioned this before, but that's one of our KPIs. We want some more haters, so we know we're on the right direction. Yeah, we actually had our that's first. Definitely hater. not my KPI. 
we had our first hater we like you know celebrated a little like pops of champagne it was great yeah but <laughs> oh that's awesome that actually is really yeah because awesome. why not you know i mean they're still a listener right so <laughs> if you're hating on us you're listening to us right that's the, totally. at the end of the day um cool okay so we have 10 minutes left we have a traditional final question we'd like to ask all our guests so before yeah. that i really want to dive deep into your entrepreneurship experience and i say dive deep it'll sure. be like five minutes but one thing that i want to tease apart <laughs> is this idea of like building community and startups from a community. Because I think, and Damien's talked about this a lot on the podcast before, um, there's been a huge trend recently into community-based startups, right? Where a startup is born out of like a natural community that already exists of people who are willing to support that idea and like are involved in it and involved in that community. And like, it actually really, really increases the success rate of startups, right? Because you have so much of a backing, because you have connections in that, you know, community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think you've been like a huge driving force beyond, you know, the community, especially in the LA tech scene and the LA startup world. Uh, so can you talk to us a little bit about, about your philosophy to community building? Yeah. And I meant to mention this earlier. And so I'm, I'm so glad you asked the question. When you talk to people, please come to them from how can I serve you? How can I be there for you? And have your own boundaries into place to take care of yourself. Like don't expect someone else to take care to, to look out for you because takers are going to take as much as they can take. So you need to have your own boundaries, but like to come to someone else trying to take, like that's not going to, create rapport, accelerate a relationship. So when thinking about cultivating community, what you want to think about is how do I create as many winning situations as possible for other people and take myself out of the equation? What if it's just not about me? And what if it's just about serving a purpose larger than myself? And how can I serve that purpose really well? And what is that purpose? And how do I communicate it really well? So everybody's on board that that's the purpose I'm serving and just take myself out of the equation entirely. And that's how I built community and the thing, the biggest mistakes that I made that I was sharing a little earlier is not setting the boundaries and making sure my own energy was in check. Right. But that's, that's what we talked about before, but in regards to creating community, really being a give first mentality, that's how you create it. And I think a really strong asset to creating community is if you can all have a common theme. Like one of the best communities I know is London Writer Salon, which is a global community of writers, right? Um, Ship 30, a writing community. Everybody's, it's so funny, they're both writing communities, but, you know, dedicated to writing as well. Um, there's so many great communities because they have this common interest. Um, there, Some of these ad agency groups have like a community of how many clients each person closed and they support one another in closing clients. If you have a community with a common theme, and they all have that same thing so that they could share their wins. Oh, my favorite community, Creator Now. Hello. Like, it's my YouTube community. Like, I just launched my YouTube channel and I am um, I love Creator Now because it holds me accountable being consistent. I get to connect with experts in there and we all support one another and collaborate in order to be successful um, with YouTube. Some of us want to be the classic YouTubers, like a, a vlogger. And then there's people like me that just want to build up my channel because I do believe that like, it's really important that we have, um, uh, like that's a really smart business to have a YouTube business if you build it the right way, but you don't have to be a big famous YouTuber in order to have a YouTube business. Right. And so, um, creator now is an amazing community. We've, ended up going hiking together. We've ended up like meeting one another in person and all this stuff because, and we feel like such an affinity to one another. But again, it's that common theme. We all want our YouTube channels to be as awesome as possible. And we're all consistently learning week after week. So I think if you have a community where you're give first, that's only halfway there. It's like give first, what purpose is it solving? And then what's the common mission of everyone in the community? And how are you holding that mission accountable so that everyone can, is it's really clear and everybody can support one another. It's pretty crazy. Cause like those three things you mentioned are literally like the recipes to a good startup, you know, like, like give first, solve a problem that actually needs to be solved, right? Have people on board and have a shared mission that you can drive people behind. Like it, it's, it's uncanny how similar those two things are. So yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing. All right. Yeah, I think being consistent is like so slept on. I think everyone is looking for a growth hack. And I think the the long-term growth hack is consistency. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the problem is it's not exciting. It's like, okay, just keep doing what you've been doing, but just do it more often and do it all the time. 
And it's like, yeah, no one mm-hmm. wants to hear that. So it's it's not like a flashy soundbite or, or like an audiogram or anything like that. So yeah, it's tough to sell. Anyway, so we do have five minutes left. We want to hit our last question. So Damien, do you want to take it away? I like hearing your voice. So You like hearing my voice? Oh, thank, <laughs> you, thank you. All right. So the final question <laughs> that we like to ask all our guests on the podcast is, if you could put any one message on a billboard that would reach millions or even billions of people, what message would you put on that billboard and why? Your intuition is your oracle. That was way too quick. Wait, we need to repeat that. Your intuition <laughs> is your oracle. Tell us, tell us about why yeah. you chose that. Because when I was building my sports company, I really doubted my intuition. I doubted myself. I thought I wasn't smart enough. How could I possibly know how to build a huge company? And I noticed that my intuition is like my my GPS system. It's like my compass. It gives me all the answers all the time. My Oracle It's just sometimes I'm just most of the time I'm not listening. We're not listening. But if I would just choose to listen to my intuition, it'd be my Oracle and life would be just so much more smooth sailing. That's awesome. I need to find my Oracle and start listening. To it, so. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Esprit, we have so much more to ask you, but we want to be respectful of your time. And I, I want you, I want to help you avoid burnout in my own little way possible. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. No, I'm so excited to be on the next iteration podcast. Like, this is so cool. Thank you. Like, thank you so much for this honor and treat. I'm I'm really genuinely, I'm just I'm stoked to have the, shared this. The honor is all ours. Like we've been listening to your podcast and we've been so impressed. And like it's it's honestly like a dream country to have you on ours. So thank you so much. Like we had a great time. Um and yeah, before we before we leave off, is there anything you want to share with your with our audience? Anything you want to promote? Where can people reach you? Anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I never talk about my YouTube channel. I just always forget. So like subscribe on YouTube, like, and subscribe, <laughs> <laughs> like, like just go to Esprit Devorah and like, like, and subscribe. I think it's like, you know, youtube.com slash Esprit. Um, and to, if you have any questions just about the journey or feel alone or something like really resonated with you, feel free to reach out on social Esprit at Esprit Devorah on all social. And my emails Esprit at hey.com esprit at hey.com she's everywhere she's everywhere we'll link all of that in the description as well so people if you have any questions for esprit definitely hit her up and with that esprit thank you again so much for a delightful episode hopefully we gave you a bit of an escape from the grind hopefully this was a fun conversation for you because this was not at all how we expected the conversation to go we had some questions it was completely derailed but that's where the fun comes from awesome of course thanks again esprit and to all our young iterators out there till next time if you like the episode follow us on spotify and give us a review on apple Podcasts. our website was built by face solutions logo designed by charmeni and music by wonderly music thank you for listening think you got it nah we're on the next iteration